Hello and welcome to the Marysville Journal Tribune podcast. This episode is brought to you by Axiona Energia, proudly bringing solar power to Union County and the Buckeye State. My name is Michael Williamson and I'm here today with Tim Miller, sports editor. Chad Williamson, managing editor for the Journal Tribune. Alexi Pavlov, sports editor for the Richwood Gazette. Bob Putman, sports writer, Journal Tribune. All right. Made it We're done. Time. We're done. <laughs> Made it to the end. <laughs> What's everybody doing Friday uh, night? I don't know, and that's a good thing. I'll probably yeah. be at the. Um, I'll probably do be something with volleyball. But yeah. <laughs> uh, let's see. I got a recliner. Yeah. I got an adult type beverage. You didn't hear that, kids. And I've got a remote control. Enough said. So that's foot- a fat lie. You're going to be asleep by seven o'clock. <laughs> in my rec- <laughs> oh, man. in Boy. my recliner, with an adult type beverage in Boy. one hand, it didn't unopened, kids. unopened, <laughs> on the floor, <laughs> and the remote control on the other hand. Well, the football season came to an end for local teams past Friday, with Marysville falling to Centerville. The final score was forty. 40- Two to twenty-one, and some people may look at that score and go, "Oh, well, we knew they were going to get their rear ends kicked in," but that wasn't necessarily how the game played out for the most part. Chad, you no. want to talk about that a little it bit? It didn't look like that at all. Um, I think Tim and I both thought, kind of seeing the size of Centerville's line and how they've been performing this season, we knew the quarterback, you know, play was in question, but. We thought they might get dominated at the line of scrimmage. They might have some trouble moving the ball, and if Marysville can't, if Marysville can't run the ball, kind of like in the New Albany game, it was going to be a long night. Um, that didn't happen. Um, I told Tim and I talked, and I said, "You're going to know how this game's going to turn out in two drives. Like when you see how the lines match up, and if it's if Marysville gets out physical at the line of scrimmage, it's going to be a long night." And they didn't. They absolutely didn't. Marysville could punch holes in Centerville's defense. Marysville was able to run the ball. Marysville was able to contain and stop on defense on Centerville's line despite their size advantage. Um, it, it was a very even game. You know, Centerville was a little more explosive than Marysville. I will say this. It was a very even game through three-plus quarters. Right. Um, because the last eight minutes we'll get to in a little bit, and it, it went off the rails there. But – it was a very even game. Marysville, Marysville had a third-quarter lead. They trailed by only three going into the final quarter. I think anybody who really kind of did a deep dive in that game and, and kind of looked at the two teams, I think Marysville played about as well as they could through three-plus quarters and was given given everything they had to stay in that game against you know a higher rank maybe a more talented team they more than held their own in the trenches against both centerville lines and what i noticed well we'll get to the last eight minutes but what i noticed as the game progressed late sec third quarter early fourth quarter and you and i talked about this as we were walking off the field both Colton Powers and Griffin Johnson had to play both ways. Nasir, was and, having, Nasir Smith was having to play both, was yeah, having to help out on defense. Yeah, also. and they weren't getting through the line for the most part as quickly as they were earlier in the game. They, they looked, they played a lot of game and they looked the fatigue part of yeah. having to do that. And But that's. That's what Marysville had to do all season. When you're, you, you know, playing both ways. You look at last last year's defense. Every time the ball would come around the corner, where it was going, you might have six guys mm-hmm. tackling the ball here. If you got one of those guys is a little tired in that situation, you still got five guys getting right. the ball. Marysville for a lot of this year has not gang tackled like that. It's been a lot of assignment football where they've had mm-hmm. one or two guys coming around the edge or up into the hole to make the play. If one of those two guys is a little tired, you know, or isn't quite getting there or is, or is kind of absorbing a block as opposed to shedding it, you know, I think it's a big big switch. I guess we maybe we're getting a little ahead of it. Marysville also had some massive difficulties punting the ball. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, the kicking game, both pro and con, played a big part in this yeah. game, and we'll get to that in a few minutes. But uh, Marysville doesn't have anything to be ashamed about. They – they hooked and jabbed with 
a very, very good Centerville team, and I was just happy that they weren't just pushed all the way around right. the field. I, like, you know, again, driving down there, we were thinking, oh, my gosh, it's going to be 21 to nothing before uh, anybody knows what's it going on. I mean, yeah, Center, it Centerville, been, yeah. Centerville plays, you know, plays those Dayton teams over there that, mm-hmm. you know— the Dayton area in Division One has been sending some really good teams into the state playoffs. Yeah, um, you know, final two last year, and I mean, arguably Springfield may have been the best team in the state. They just had a really bad championship game, yeah. you know, and and they play that brand of ball. I think they wanted to throw the ball a little more than they they did, but having that sophomore quarterback back there, he he didn't throw it a ton, but Mm-mm. boy, he was slippery. He was elusive when he got out in the open field. You really. You wanted to bottle him up before he got ahead of steam going. Yeah, but you couldn't not a lot of times because he would. You, you, you would think that you had him in your grasp, and then he'd just do a little, little start, shake and bake with his hips and then yeah. and go. But uh, had their number one guy for most of the year played, they would have passed the ball, and things might have been a little more difficult for Marysville. Yeah, that we, just, been, we just don't know. You're right. But, that would have uh, definitely been more problematic. If they'd have. But Marysville played with a ton of heart. It's just that their arms and legs wore out toward the end. Yeah, the stat sheet was fairly even, wasn't it, Tim? I mean, yeah. the overall, the total yards. Yeah, but, uh, for instance, Marysville ran for 228 yards, which is not a bad day's work, and they even passed for 60. Uh Centerville had 162 yards running and 108 yards passing, so it was it was uh, two seven. Let's see, Marysville I gained them. Yeah, it was yeah. 270 for Centerville and 288 for for Marysville. So, so anybody that anybody that can read through a stat sheet versus a score knows what that means. Another thing that you and I had mentioned that Marysville hadn't done. They got a turnover. Turnover. They were. That's how they got the lead in the second yeah. half. They got a turnover and on a short field. Yeah, they recorded. They recorded. Uh, uh, got a fumble, and that's what led to a go-ahead touchdown. And that's something they hadn't done much all mm-hmm. year. And Marysville did not. They they fumbled once, but recovered it. They had an interception, which was returned for a pick six, that which was, was part of the. But that was late when things yeah. were unraveling. That was when they were kind of in desperation yeah. mode. But Marysville only had one penalty for ten yards. That was a good thing to see. So, but know. all of that that so anybody listening to this is like, well, Centerville doubled up the score on Marysville. Marysville had more yards, made no turnovers. Relatively, had one penalty. How how did that score end up like that? Or how did Marysville not get out to some big lead? Well, it was uh, Marysville was up fourteen to nine. Centerville came back and scored, kicked next point. They were up seventeen to four. Then you know the, the one drive for Centerville looked like it was it was it was stopped, and you and I both remarked, "Well, they're sending the punting team out." Mm-hmm. But when, like you were saying, when you saw a guy put the tee down. Yeah. Uh, Where they were out on the field, I thought they were punting for sure. They weren't going to punt with a tee. So a young man by the name of Corville, I can't remember what his first name was, but the previous record for a field goal by a Centerville player was 52 yards by Mike. A name people will know. Yeah. Mike, Mike Nugent. Uh, Nugent. I said Ted yesterday. Ted Nugent. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but Slightly I was a little bit play. wrong there. But less this, impressive to break his break <laughs> Ted Nugent's record. Yeah. yeah. But this young man, Corville, lined up for a 55-yard field goal attempt, and we're, we're going, what is he doing? He'd already missed an extra point. Yeah, he missed an game. extra point. Now, you can tell he had some leg, but yeah. you're like, eh. Because all of his kickoffs were touchbacks. All right. But he ran up there, and I could, from where I was standing, I could just tell by the thunk. That's exactly I that I heard. I thought, oh, well, let's just say he, it went through. He he played the wind right. It drifted through and damn near hit the tuba player. Mm-hmm. He almost hit the band. It went mm-hmm. so yeah. far through the uprights. Yeah. That's the longest field goal that I can ever remember. You're seeing. exactly right about the sound, though. I told people a lot of guys that kick soccer style kind of sweep the grass, mm-hmm. and they they have a good accurate kick at from 35 to 40, and beyond that, 
like it's almost like when you hit with a wedge versus a five iron. You're coming under it instead of hitting the ball. Most high school kickers kind of hit it like a wedge in golf. This kid hit it like two <laughs> inches higher on the ball. Hit it like a two iron. Where it would rever- where it would compress and come back. Yeah. Like, and that's what Tim's talking about. His what he said about the sound is exactly right. It thumped when his foot hit the ball, and that is not what generally happens when a high school kid kicks the ball. No, I've never heard a high school kid thunk yeah. a football like that. And, and but, it just but you're kept... right. So, I mean, that was just an amazing yeah. thing. So that so Outside of that, though, but you're right. All the kickoffs, into the wind or with with the wind, he kicked him out of the end zone. Into the wind, he still got to the end zone. Okay, so Marysville got no return yards. That's a big, that's a big thing. And then... Our punting game well, was we, uh, troubled. Had in the first half had one shanked. 20-ish, 25 yeah. yards. Another one, a Centerville kid got his hand partially on. So Is that, that the, muff, the muff snap one? There was a muff yeah, snap. The guy comes snap, in on yeah. him. And they, yeah. So it was hurried and I yeah. think partially blocked. Well, Marysville punted six times and averaged 18 yards of kick. Wow. wow. And the last punt. They had one, yeah. Go ahead. The last, <laughs> I know you can't bear to talk about. It, it was rough. well. This, this is what I was saying earlier. Is this is what happened in the game? This is why the stats are even. Mm-hmm. And Centerville kicked every kickoff into the end zone. Marysville never got a short field, and that's all Centerville had. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they dealt with yeah. short fields the whole game. Well, Marysville's last punt was completely blocked, <laughs> and Centerville took over on what about the sixteen yard line, something like that. Around, somewhere around. At, they were up twenty four to. 21, went in for a touchdown, uh, and then they Marysville, had a— Marysville came back and tried to—had to go to the passing game to try to score quick. and Yeah, and then there was Ray a pick. Seager, it was fourth down, I believe, when it when Yeah, happened, it was fourth down. They had He got pass. hit, and he was just trying to essentially spin around the circle and throw it. Yeah. That's when the old pick six happened. And well, that's how I used to throw it. Like a shot put. <laughs> yeah. You just spin around there, tap your foot twice, then throw, throw the yeah. ball. But that led to a pick six, and at that point, it was – all that came in the last eight minutes, and that's – I mean, for yeah. 40 minutes, Marysville was slugging it out with them, but those last eight minutes were what did Marysville in, and will – before the podcast, I was talking with Chad and sort of, you know, trying to compare the two teams from last year to this year. And without ever seeing Marysville play and just sort of in the talk from the podcast, the depth issue may be the biggest difference in the two where they had to play too many kids both both ways. You know, not necessarily on the lines, but like like I told you earlier, the skill positions. I Last year, Marysville skill position people – Played some defense. Griffin Johnson didn't play that much, but like Gabe Powers did and Colton Powers did, but they didn't play all the time on offense. Like Gabe would get spelled on offense. Colton would get spelled on offense. They would get some time on the sidelines to get their legs back under them or whatever, or just not take the beating, you know. And this year, like at the end of the year, you know, Nasir Smith, we've talked about him a lot. The very end of the year, he started coming in and helping on, as on defense, covering passes because they needed help. You know, he's like, just an athlete. They had everybody. They were throwing everything at that pass coverage and mm-hmm. defense issue to try to help. And you know, when you're struggling, you look to your best athletes, and you know they end up on the field longer. And you know, a kid's not going to go nope. I don't want to. I don't want to go out there anymore. And that's no criticism or anything no. like that. It's just the fact that they had to play. More minutes this year than they did the year before. It's just where you that get. That was what it was. It's just where you get. You know, the situation you kind of get backed into. If you, mm-hmm. you know, if you if there start to be holes in the dam, you start sticking fingers in and, there. And, and, and who are you going to use? You're going to you use, use your, your top big, people. You use your biggest finger. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and and that's why Griffin starts playing all the time both ways. That's why Nasir starts coming in there. You know, Colton was Colton was always in there, and uh, you know. We'll talk about kind of what's coming back or whatever next year, but I, I think that's a big issue. Is that at the skill positions they didn't have a lot of depth at skill positions. They had a lot of good players, but they had a set group. Mm-hmm. They it wasn't like packages where you could run in, 
you know, the way kind of you do with defensive linemen sometimes. Well, and it didn't help matters that Matt Kratowskis had a back problem that yeah. pretty much bothered him all year. He got in on some returns uh, against Centerville. But, you know, hopefully he can come back next year as a senior and be much healthier than he was well, this I year. I don't know if you want to roll right into the right, next year's discussion yeah. now for Marysville, but yeah. that's a big problem is what I see next yeah. year. I think Marysville is going to have some some returning people on both lines that will be able to help. But the three guys that got 95% of the ball carries for Marysville are gone. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nasir Smith... Griffin Johnson and Colton Powers are all gone. Which leads me to the OCC honors this year. Uh, Griffin Johnson, Colton Powers were named to the first team along with Lyman Braden Gray and Christian McCartney. Quarterback Brady Seeger earned first team honors. Second team honors were Ethan Moeller, linebacker, uh, Lyman Morgan Kern and Evan Collins, and running back Nasir Smith. I'd have probably switched a couple of those in or out of there. That's all I'll say. But, you know, I, there's some guys I thought would have been higher, some guys I thought would have been lower. But either way, you know, you see you see what's in there. It's yeah. those names we keep it's bringing those up. names that are going to so be. So the problem becomes. Who replaces them. That's right. And and you brought up Kratowskis. And we thought, we thought we'd see a lot more of him this year. And he had some back problems early in the season. Then even when he came back in. I'll bet he. I'll bet he never carried more than five times in a game. Maybe. Yeah. Like they never got him folded into that offense to develop the next year for the next year. Yeah. So I honestly don't. I don't know what to expect at skill positions for Marysville next year. I don't know. I you know I've heard some names of some younger quarterbacks they've got coming up. You know you know a couple of guys that are supposedly capable running backs, mm-hmm. but they didn't get. A lot of carry first team, yeah, meaningful carries, reps, yeah. and so I don't know. And sometimes young quarterbacks take a while to develop too. So yeah, you just don't know. I mean, I, I think if I recall, their JV had a pretty good year. Is that right? I think so. I thought their JV did did pretty well this year, but you know, I think their senior class was between twenty five and thirty kids. Mm-hmm. It's a huge class, yeah, and. You know, those three guys aside, they're you know, they're gonna be losing other pieces. That's the one thing coming back this year, you know, after they lost all that defense, you thought, well, they still got a lot of skill mm-hmm. guys coming back and they can rely on that. Next year I don't know what they rely on. Next year I don't know what their bread and butter is. Um Well they didn't get the reps this this year, uh because no. Marysville didn't have a game where they could you know, the second stringers could get a lot of work. No, you're right you're right on that. Yeah. They even even some of their biggest wins, they weren't like long blowouts where yeah. they got a quarter of varsity action or anything. No. So, you know, I think there's a lot of question marks. I think if you look at that, having 30 seniors on a team, you go, oh, well, that's a that's a problem. They're losing 30 guys. But the upside of that is they got 30 seniors to stay with the team and go all the way through. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. All 30 of those guys weren't starters all three years. They they bought into what Brent Johnson was selling them, mm-hmm. and stayed and until they were seniors to get their playing time. That means you're growing your program. Right. I don't think you get thirty even you know even Marysville's Division One, but it's not the biggest school in, no. in the world. To have thirty seniors still out playing varsity football, I, you know that if that holds for all those grades, that's a ninety that's a ninety person roster. Mm-hmm. So you know I think that speaks well to. You know, they got Nasir Smith to come out this year having never played before. Yeah. That's the program doing that. Mm-hmm. So I don't know what I honestly don't know what they're gonna do for skill positions next year and who's gonna be coming back. It'll it'll become apparent, obviously. They'll find somebody. Yeah. Yeah, they will. But what the the positive thing to take out of that is even though this year wasn't as good as last year, the program is still growing. You, you know, you're not gonna replicate that. That 2021 team very often, That's, that, but then but when you get your numbers up, when you get your weight room filled, and and you keep building year over year, mm-hmm. that's how that's why you have 30 seniors playing this year, mm-hmm. you know, and that's why you you get 
get guys out in the summer and you're in yeah. your seven on sevens and things like that. Yeah. That's that's what you have to do to build that program like that and well, keep it perennially yeah. up there. Well, we we've said before the 2021 team is the type of team for a school at Mar- like Marysville that's had a solid football program, but that 21 team might be a team that comes around only once in a generation. You mm-hmm. just never know. But uh, again, another you know a good season. Uh, By a lot of standards, it would have been a great season. Mm-hmm. You know, they they got a playoff. They got a huge playoff win over over Kaufman. They beat yeah. they beat the top ranked team in their region. Mm-hmm. In in you know they were two out of three two out of three against Dublin, and they didn't even get a crack at Sayedo. So yeah. they could have. But you know what I'm saying? By a, by a lot of accounts, this year would have been a great year. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just it was compared to the well, year before it. Yeah, and so, that's not fair. Because, it absolutely, but that's isn't. human nature. Yep, you know. That's uh, human nature is not always a fair judge. You know, next year you're going to see you're going to see Griffin out. You're going to see the Johnson name pass out. Although there's still a younger Nick's, younger Nick's yeah, a lineman. Nick's lineman yeah. But so you your your powerses are gone. <laughs> your your Johnson's, Johnson's gone. Man. Next year you're going to see. Okay, we get a couple of those family names out of there. Let's see what the coaching staff is able to build. Yeah. Now. Yeah. Let's see what. The rest of the community's got in terms of football mm-hmm. talent and what they can put on the field and, and and how we're really growing. Next year may be the most difficult coaching job they've got to go through, but you know it could turn out to be one of their better ones. You never know what depending on what they can line up on the field. So as long as you address the defensive backs, I feel like well, okay. <laughs> yeah. well, that has been addressed. I think. Yeah. <laughs> well, and, and, and you know, and you know, the passing game—not just the defensive right. side, passing game itself. I had a lot of people, exactly. especially late in the season, where Marysville slid a little bit, saying, "Well, it's it's that wing T. You can't win." And we talked about Dublin Kaufman's coach making that. Comment. Well, but yeah, but they're saying, "Well, in that wing T, you can't pass out of it. You can never be balanced. You'll never win." I was like, "Don't mistake the fact that Marysville isn't able to pass out of it." For the fact that you can't pass out of the wing tee. You can't. Marysville just hasn't had the right grouping of people to, you know, fold in 15 or 20 passes a game. Your your tight ends can be dominant out of the wing tee if you've got the right mm-hmm. the right groupings, the right quarterback. And, you know, Marysville just hasn't hasn't had the right right collection of yeah. people to have a a throwing style wing tee. Yeah. Attack. You're not going to throw long out of the wing tee, but if you've got a tight end that you can hit over the top a pop pass or two or three, you know, for 10, 15 yards just to keep drives running going and to give the defense something to think about. Well, if you get a, you get a quarterback that can that has some zip on it and you get even a one of your wideouts that yeah. can get separation. You can. If, if yeah. you if you hit a tw- hit some 20, 30 yard passes, think of what that does for the safeties. That don't always just peek into the backfield and start running downhill yeah. every time you run the ball. It makes your play action so mm-hmm. much better. You know, we just haven't had the package yet. I I don't I don't blame the offense for that. It's not like we're running the veer, right. you know, or, or wishbone or something. Like you can throw out of this. Marysville just hasn't. So, you know, who knows what's coming up in terms of young arms coming up through the system? You may not recognize Marysville and. Two years, they may have some six. Some kid hits a four-inch growth spurt. He ends up six-three, and he, they start chucking it all over the field. Who knows? Hey, you modify your game plans to the talent that you've got available. And to that's you. what the wing tee has always allowed Marysville yeah. to do. It doesn't yeah. force you yeah. to have to have some golden arm quarterback mm-hmm. or you know incredible receivers or whatever. Mm-hmm. You can tailor it to what you've got. Let's take a look back now at uh, some teams that did make the playoffs but were knocked out of it after the first week. Let's start with North Union. Bob, what were your overall impressions this season from them? The um, the season obviously started out very quickly when they uh, you know won their first four games, um, and then they suffered the uh, heartbreaking loss of Jonathan Alder on the on the field goal, and from that point on it. North Union was a little bit up and down. Um, and so I don't know whether that loss to, to Alder had, you know, had anything to do with it, but they weren't quite as 
consistent after that loss. They still were pretty good, but they they suffered uh, three more losses in the last six games. So three and three over the last six weeks, and uh, it just a little bit of an inconsistency on, on what they on what they tried to do. And I think we probably had the highest hopes for North Union. Yeah, out of everybody this year, especially the way they started, that they had some some skill people back and and looked like they were maybe going to be the most pretty balanced at times. It's it and they was, and they were and uh, Coach Hajar talked about that in in my uh, when I talked to him at the end of the season. The one thing he sort of was noted that they were much more balanced this year. Uh, still had a very good running game, uh, but they were able to pass and and. To sort of go back with talking about Marysville, North Union ran a lot of wing T, but still were able to pass the ball. Now they ran some some eye back type stuff, but um, and and uh, uh, so they they were able to move the ball through the air. Didn't they start off the and during that early season streak? They had didn't, wasn't the defense playing really well too? Defense was playing very yeah, well. I, and, I think that was kind of surprised me too. Yeah. Usually your defense stays with you. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like your offense can be up and down, but you're, if you got a good defense, it stays there. And it seems like that defense faded a little bit later in the season. Yeah. It might have just been the talent they were playing, but the, and, spe- and the loss to Graham definitely. The defense did not. Uh, you know, they, they couldn't get Graham off the field when they had to. And I thought you said Graham off. <laughs> they couldn't get Graham off the get field. Graham off the field. Yeah. You should have so. seen some of the Thanksgiving Day football anyway. games we had. <laughs> so, but they it was uh, tough. Uh, <laughs> North Union was also have had a number of seniors on their team this year. I think it was either sixteen or seventeen seniors uh, on their on their group. Um, so they they are going to graduate uh, a lot of people, including the uh, Central District Defensive Player of the Year, Owen Davis, who we've talked about before. He's going to go to Purdue and and uh, work out on the defense there. But they have you know in addition to Owen Davis. Um, they had uh, uh, Trey Bossler at the receiver. He's a senior. Uh, Drew Duncan, a lineman. He's a senior. In fact, I think three of the four or three of the five linemen are seniors. So um, they will have to, uh, you know, find replacements there. Dalton Wilson was a, a big key on their defense. He's a senior. Uh, these were all uh, – majority of them were first-team Central District and got uh, – CBC league honors and that kind of thing. So um, it's going to be an, an off season where, like same, Marysville, I was about to say, it sounds like the same exact he, thing. He's going to find some skilled people. Plus, they're going to find some linemen. Uh, when you lose a, a good majority of your offensive line, who also play defense, uh, in, a, in a school the size of North Union, they have to be a lot of duplicate uh, uh, back and forth there. So there's there's going to be a little bit of rebuilding there. Um, it'll be interesting to see what uh, what transpires there. Uh, um, the the JV team, I, I don't know what their record was. Uh, I know they got in a lot of games early in the varsity action, but not so much late. Um, so there wasn't a lot of growth there. Do you so. have anybody that carried the ball, like a younger guy? You're uh, like, hey, who's a, that guy? I don't know his named, number. Uh, Converse uh, yeah. took over, and and I think there's some hope there for Landon Converse, and then they also had a, sort of a, a speed back in Nolan Draper. Uh, who, well, that's good. That's good. So, At least there's a couple. Yeah, like, they, they, they honestly, have some, outside of Kratowskis from Marysville, I don't know. I don't know who they're going to stick yeah. in there. So at least yeah. you've got and, and, some flashes uh, there. They uh, the one uh, uh, Tyler Krebhenny, uh He played uh, more offense at the end of the year. Um, he's a, sort of a speed back. Um, so they 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 do have some people there. My concern is, as with anything, when you have a running game, do they have people that can block? Yeah. And uh, again, when you lose that much off your offensive line. And and these kids are, are big. Like uh, Drew Duncan is six two two seventy, so he's he's not the smallest guy. Uh, Liam Adams is. Uh, uh, let me find him here. Uh, he's a stocky five nine two ten, but very you know very strong on there. And so they uh, um, 
they've got some holes to fill, um, and uh, I'm sure Coach Hajar knows that. And I was going to say something with Marysville. When you have a team that s- sort of has to rebuild a little bit, offseason is very key for, you know, getting the, the group together to get some cohesiveness, get to work in the weight room, uh, whenever they have a time to do any open type practices or whatever, uh, seven on sevens and, and, and that kind of thing. You, you can't miss weight room sessions. Mm-hmm. You can't, like, you'll never grow faster than you are when you are, you know, 16, 17, 18 years old. Therefore, the time they put in that weight room, and if they eat, <laughs> eat their meats, like, they can grow. North Union, honestly, has never had a problem being small. I mean, they, they've had size through the mm-hmm. years. Yeah. For, for a and that, and that could be because uh, you were talking about the senior class, uh, you know, how many. Several years ago, North Union had a team that had 20 seniors on the team. And uh, I was covering them for the, when I was working at the other newspaper. And uh, I was told if, if, if I was told once, I was told eight or nine times, those seniors ran the weight room during the offseason. It says if, if kids weren't there, they found out why. Mm-hmm. That's what it should be. So yeah. that's that's, that's, that's what, so much more effective than a coach complaining. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and 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 even during the season when things would sort of go a little haywire, the coaches would tell me the seniors were the ones that sort of brought everybody back into the into the fold again. So, well, a kid's going to tune out a coaching staff, but their peers, they're yeah. not going to be so likely to do How many it. times did you ignore your parents, but maybe uh, a neighbor could say something and, well, yeah, you know, that's right, when your parents were saying the same well, thing. Well, a neighbor was my big brother. <laughs> if he was, yeah, a parent or a coach can yell at you till the, till the sun goes down, yeah. but a kid your own age can get you out on the field and beat your head into the ground <laughs> like they can make it their their goal is yeah. a, 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 you don't get in that weight room i'm gonna beat you to death in two a days you can yeah. just count on it. nice to have you on the field tonto yeah. yeah uh before we leave marysville completely uh who are the marysville kids who earned all district bob you were the one yeah who handled that this year for us uh first team offense uh was griffin johnson the uh, running back uh Braden gray uh offensive line uh, Colton Powers uh, on defense uh, at linebacker. Um, and then uh, uh, second team defense was Christian McCartney um, made it. And I don't know that I circled the uh, – oh, yeah. Honorable mention was uh, Ethan Moeller and uh, Brady Seeger. A lot of the same names as far as yep. the OCC. So yeah. you and saw for, who And for North with. Union um, – of course, I had mentioned that Owen Davis was uh, Defensive uh, Player of the Year. Probably could have been Offensive Player of the Year because that's what he was the year before, although there was a kid from Highland uh, who probably was was as deserving, if not more. Uh, but anyway, on first-team offense, Trey Bossler. Uh, at wide receiver, Drew Duncan. At lineman on the offense, uh, of course, Owen on first-team defense, and Dalton Wilson um Lyman on on defense, uh, Caden Lassiter, second team quarterback, Liam Adams, a, a second team offensive lineman, and uh, Carter Skaggs um, was second team punter. Um, I felt he should have been first team punter, but I didn't have enough votes to get him a first team punter. So um, and uh, so they uh, they were they were well represented. I finished the season seven and four. Um, again, the the ending didn't yeah. wasn't as good as they were yeah. hoping. I think yeah. we had higher hopes for them. Yeah. I think yeah. I think the season feels like a disappointment yeah. because they started off so well, yeah. and we thought they were going to be so good yeah. this year. Yeah. And 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 who knows if the field goal doesn't get made at, against Jonathan Alder? What yeah. do, you know? But that's wishes and butts can be candied and nuts and all that. Kind of stuff. <laughs> Don Meredith said, "If ifs and buts were candy and nuts, then every day would be Merry Christmas." Yep. <laughs> so, and that's you know I that's. Had, I had people that had a different version. I hung around. Well, <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. We'll 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 save that for another podcast. But while we're on the theme of a team that's going to have to be looking for some big bodies, triad went four and seven this year, made the playoffs. Uh, had 
one of the best running backs I've seen in a long, long time. Of course, we've spoken about him, Austin Mitchell, sophomore. He had over 1,800 yards to lead the Ohio Heritage Conference, uh, 1897 to be exact. That was a little more than 500 yards better than the runner-up guy. I'm Daniel. just thinking, man uh, – <laughs> You just talked about two schools there that need skill position guys in Marysville. I'm just saying, and you don't see it that much in Central Ohio, but over around Dayton, like Mac has told us, I know. those quarterbacks over around Dayton move from school to school based on where there's openings all the time. That you'll see this guy, you're like, what happened to that guy that was at Springfield Central Catholic? And Mac's like, oh, he's at Springfield. He's at Springfield now, mm-hmm. and like they move that guy that Marysville faced from Clayton Northmont. Yeah. Was it a small school school. the year before? And all of a sudden he moves up there. And, like, I'm just thinking, if they did that, try had better put an ankle monitor on that (laughs) on Awesome to make sure he had taken recruiting visits to some of the other schools around here that could use a running back like that. Triad's going to have some skill position people back. I think Caden Everhart's going to be back. Kane Bailey. Kane Bailey, a pretty good receiver. It's They're losing all their offensive linemen. Yeah. And well, they lost one early in the playoff game against West Liberty Salem, uh, uh, with the young man uh, Kyle Walborn uh, broke his leg on like the third offensive play of the game for Triad. And uh, but but they're losing all their linemen. That's yeah. tough for a team. I'm I'm surprised they had all seniors. That's that's unusual for a school the size of Triad. They, have they started out seniors. with 13 seniors at the beginning of the season and through. The weeks um, it diminished to yeah. around ten, but yeah, attrition. All yeah. of their all their offensive linemen stayed intact. Though, but if so five, if you got ten seniors and five of them are offensive linemen, yeah. that's, that's not. And that's typical. well, I think you were talking with Awesome and Caden at yeah. uh, Winter picture, sport, day. picture Day yesterday. Yeah, on I Monday. told them I told them they need to do some hard recruiting like now. <laughs> um, and and they kind of communicated to me that yeah, they're already talking to a few guys. I'm not quite sure what that looks like. I'm not even quite sure if they were telling me the truth, but um, I think they just wanted to tell me what I wanted to hear, maybe. Yeah. But. but that get back to what we talked before. If if you've got kids talking to you, they're gonna listen. Right. They're gonna listen more than mm-hmm. I don't know what uh, the Smith kid. What made him come out this year? Where he, did did the kids go? Did the kids bring him in? That's a good question. I yeah. So well, and and his name is already in the trophy case. Um, awesome to be exact. And you know, it, I I told uh, the AD, you know, if I'm a kid just roaming the halls at Triad, or if I'm like visiting from like another Triad local school, it's like. I want to play football if I know that he, if he's going to be on the team or if the program is being cultivated through this talent. Um, you know, I want to play football. And, you know, with the fact, and we've we've talked about this before with how, you know, everyone who goes to um, a triad local school, it's, it's free admission for you to watch varsity or JV action. The um, students, yeah. And, and, yeah. and, 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 and I think uh, – I think that's a wonderful thing, um, regardless of if you're if you're not making money off of it. Um, so yeah, no, I, th- I think I think they have a tall task of not only recruiting guys but also beefing up guys who are on the depth chart um, if they haven't already had that yeah. conversation. Yeah, and Triad just like any other small school, they they've got to have guys going both ways. Mitchell plays both sides of the ball. Their quarterback plays both sides of the ball. Kane Bailey does. Um, their offensive linemen did so with those seniors graduating that creates a void on both sides of the ball as far as the lines but when you think about of all the teams we cover if you just think about the way they're trending right now i I think the most upside coming back next year is triad i think i think we're going to have the most anticipation to see what triad can put on the field next year Mm -hmm. around awesome mitchell Mm mm-hmm there's there's no way that fact escapes the community and the school. Yeah. Therefore, if they can get channel that excitement, get a few more kids out. We've talked about this before. A school the size of Triad, if you get two kids that can not even be full time starters, but can spell a lineman here or there, or mm-hmm. or a linebacker, or get just get some minutes in there to let kids rest, that is a huge thing in a school the size of Triad. And it just takes talking to the right kids that have a little bit, you know, maybe they have some reason they haven't been playing or whatever. 
And if they're if they've got some talent and they can give you some minutes, it makes a huge difference mm-hmm. for a school the size of Triad. Yeah. And they've got that excitement now, so maybe they can get their yeah. numbers up a little bit. Yeah. Well, we haven't heard anything as far as the Southwest District, but as far as the uh, Ohio Heritage Conference, of course, uh, they they put awesome on the first team. I mean, you know, that token type of honor. But uh, uh, other first team members from Triad were um, Chase Hecker and Michael Warner. Uh, Hecker, great linebacker. Warner played both ways as far as the line. They're both seniors, though. And uh, Jackson Cordell, another senior, played wide receiver and safety. And and Ty Thomas, a senior, uh, earned honorable mention. So other than awesome, they're OCC or OHC honorees, all seniors. So it's – and, you know, they've been battling number issues for quite a while. I think what they end up with as far as their – Roster, it was thirty. It was thirty. Well, it was thirty-one at the. It was thirty-one at the beginning of the year. I okay. Yeah. And uh, you know, you, you, if they can get some bodies out and get some linemen developed, they could have a very nice season. Yeah. Next Think about year. if they could get into low forties number-wise. What that would that, mean? Oh, them. that would be a huge. That would be a huge jump. For At Marysville, that's a statistical hiccup. Yeah. For Triad, that could that's playoff wins, yeah. you know, and, and growing Absolutely. Well, it, it also means they can do full practice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, 11 on 11. Right. Uh, and, and, you know, get people in and out. When you're dealing with 30, Got that 11 on 11 is a little tougher to – you can do it. But and how, and how do you, and how do you, you risk – you can't play JV games no. with 30. Well, right? how do you risk going full? And how do you risk going full speed where right. one or two injuries just turn you completely upside yeah. down? You have yeah. to be thought all the time. You right? almost yeah. have to, you know. And then you've seen what if you don't. I know during that COVID year when there was some like reduced, they had some rules in place where there wasn't as much contact. The early season tackling was terrible. <laughs> when when you can't go full go all the time because yeah. you're worried about injuries or whatever else Mm -hmm. you don't learn to to tackle right you don't learn to wrap up you don't run through contact like there's a lot of problems with just having those numbers be that low you don't learn how to tackle properly and when you don't know how to tackle properly or block properly for that matter you can open yourself up to injury too so um, okay Uh, another playoff team was Jonathan Alder Alexi you saw I saw him a couple times I think I saw him yeah, I saw them three times, and two of them weren't very good. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I guess, you know, just starting from the top um, with uh, Central District Awards. You were the unlucky you were the unlucky meal that Marysville ate. Yeah. <laughs> you were the unlucky reporter every time you well, showed that up. Well, gr- that Grove game. City game. Is, and then, yeah, boy. They came up and said, well, you can't come to any more of our games. Well, you are the poison <laughs> I guess I was, so. Um, but for Central District Awards, Cam Jewell got first team for running back. Um, Andrew Heisler, uh, first team offensive lineman. Um, uh, Caleb Miller, um, Caleb Miller, first team uh, linebacker. Ty Moore, first team defensive line. Baylor Petzinger, first team defensive line. Special mention awards for Aiden Burke, Grant Horn, and Hank Shoemaker. For those, for those of you who don't know, I'm looking at this off my phone. I don't want there to be any, uh, don't want there to be any, uh, uh, what you call it, um, hiccups with the mic. Um, so uh, yeah, I just had to point that out. Um, with that being said, though, um, you know their their season was full of ups and downs. I mean. That's how I would describe it. Um, they we ended, gave up trying to figure them out yeah. about week five. We couldn't figure out. They uh, ended the season six do. and five um, with their most recent loss coming against Tri-Valley in the playoffs. Um, they went two and three in the Kenton Trail Division of the Central Buckeye Conference. Um, and with that, I, they had a wealth of representation um, in terms of CBC honors. Um, you know, Cam Jewell once again being – uh, uh, first team running back uh, for him, and it's only his junior year, so next year is going to be the final year that they're going to have of of uh, this premier running back, in my opinion. Um, and um, you know, uh, with that being said, though, uh, Ty Thomas has an opportunity to 
shake things up, um, along with Andrew Heisler, both very big um, bodies on for Andrew Heisler, he's probably the largest offensive lineman I've ever seen out of the teams that we cover. Um, 6'4", 290, according to what I see here. So, <laughs> he's he's a, a big boy. He's a big, big boy. Now, I, every time I – They've had those. The JA has had yeah. those for years, though. They, they generally don't have to worry about finding life. No. They, their size – I know when Mar- – they used to be on Marysville's schedule. They, Marysville people – we're in awe of the size that they get put on their offensive line year in year out. Well, and, and good Dutch food there. From better been. I don't know. Some um, people disagree with that. <laughs> from what I've been told, um, from what I've been told, when it comes to Andrew, um, he's also deciphering it deceivingly solid you know for big big bodied guys sometimes they're a little squishy I gooey. Used to be a big gooey. guy Rich um, used to call him gooey. and gooey. and um <laughs> but but for An- i mean andrew apparently i mean i've never gone up against him but from from his teammates he is deceivingly solid um the one thing that i've talked to head coach nate snedeker about is getting his feet underneath him because i'll tell you what if i see that man coming roaring on a pull or something like that i'm going to take it the smart business this Decision and take myself out of the play. So he's a junior. Uh, yeah, he's coming back. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So he's uh, so he's coming back. With that being said, Ty uh, Ty Moore um, is another name um, that he's he's not on the level of Andrew, but um, he's a tall, slender guy who has a lot of muscle on him. Um, you know, just a little bit hair slow when it comes to playing defensive end, but at the same time, I mean, you look at some of the film and he makes plays here and there that's very uh, decisive for the team. Who, any indication as far as, you know, they've had three starting quarterbacks the last three seasons. Uh, I don't know how they fill that position, really. I, yeah. I really don't. I mean, I they've mean, had seniors the last two years. Yeah, take the role. well, JT Keith was in his last year as a starter. And then you handed off to Tabor Headings last year. You had Doug Nussbaum this year. Doug did a nice job. Right. Uh, any have you heard any thoughts of what they're looking I, at as far as quarterback next year? I have no. I, I've not heard a lick. Um, with that being said, there could there could very well be someone who takes that position. Oh, yeah. I don't yeah. know. I don't know if it's going to be more of a passing attack though because of that. Right. That makes sense. So. You know, but but you want your quarterback to you know sort of be the guy in charge, and it, it you know this like I said, this will be the fourth starting quarterback in four seasons. You don't get. You know, you haven't gotten much in the way of continuity since J.T. Keith was a starter for three and a half years. So, but just having—I mean, just having a starter for a couple of years doesn't necessarily mean no. But sometimes it's just last man, yeah. last man standing for the position. It doesn't always mean that. Yeah. It's, but the it's, thing it does do is when that quarterback shows up the next season, he doesn't have to go through a learning curve. If he's been there the year before, North Union with Caden Lasseter, that was his second year of being quarterback of North Union. Vast improvement over what he did in, right. as a, as a junior, and it showed in their in their balance on their offense. He was much more uh, uh, prevalent and, and and more part of it. And I think one of the reasons he he didn't have to go through. Well, I got to learn the offense now. He already knew it, mm-hmm. so. No, I mean, um, I mean, obviously they will probably fixture their offense more around Jewel with it being his last uh, season with the Pioneers next year. But um, you know, I mean, that's just, I mean, people already know who Cam Jewel is. Um, so it'll just be a matter of when they play Jonathan Alder, they're just gonna have to key in on him. With that being said, I mean, he's a he's a versatile player. He plays both running back and slot sometimes, and who knows? Maybe they'll put him out all the way on the outside. Um, uh, you know, for something, you know, interesting. And we've talked about um, the fact that they run the Wildcat with him um, on occasion. And, uh, you know, they did it in the playoff game against Tri-Valley a few times. And they did that a lot the year before. Last right. season they ran him in a Wildcat quite right. a bit. Yeah. So, Plus they've got some linemen who are going to be, you know, who – Pretty big. <laughs> yeah, big. And they're known too. So – they're they're not going to be in the position to try it. When you've got a great running, as... when you've got a great running back, right? I, that's what I was going to say. When you've got a great running back like that, and Triad may have to do this too. Once people start knowing your your running back, if you've got one feature back, mm-hmm. you got to move him around. You can't mm-hmm. just set him back there next to the quarterback and not expect 
you know, yeah, you know, there's only so much you can do. You've got, you know, you see the way they use uh, Christian McCaffrey in the pros where they'll split him out a lot. They'll, They'll, they'll drop him into motion. They do all kinds. They'll wildcat with him. They'll do all kinds of things. And you and you have to do that stuff, mm-hmm. you know, uh, or else you know you're right. The the entire defense will just be keyed in on one guy. And um, you know who knows? I I got to see Cam take some reps at defensive back um, during the preseason when they were doing seven on sevens. I I'm not quite sure if they will allow him to get like a whole lot of reps. I mean I don't I'm I mean I don't know. Really, at the end of the day, um, it's all a big mystery. But um, that that might be interesting to see in terms of how they use him moving forward for his last year. So, well, we had one team that didn't make the playoffs. They finished a couple spots out. Fairbanks finished 18th in their region. Uh, you know, I something tells me some good things are ahead for Fairbanks. Uh, you know, they lost two games each by seven points to Southeastern and West Liberty Salem. And that would have given them a six. Those games have been reversed, been six and four. They would have made the playoffs. But what I like about Fairbanks is they've got practically all of their linemen coming back. Christian Miller is a senior this year, but they've got guys like Holtzmain who sat out the season with a knee injury. He spent some time as a student assistant coach. He's just a sophomore. Uh, Wyatt Tice, Mason Egan, Jack Sanford are just a few of the linemen who are coming back. So, and some of those kids have taken their lumps for one or two years. And by the time they're ready for their junior season next year, um, I think their line is going to be pretty solid. They're losing a, a few skill players. Uh, Brogan Green, one of my favorite kids on that team, but is a senior. But Brogan had some injury issues and really wasn't able to play like he did during a uh, very good junior season for him. But uh, they've got guys like the both Ray, the Ray brothers, Nick and Noah. They're both running backs and linebackers. They're going to be back. They both had solid seasons. Uh, Look for A.J. Lannon, who was their quarterback for most of the season, to shift to running back. And I think Carter Miller, who looked pretty good in some late-season auditions, if you will, I think he's going to be their starting quarterback next year if everybody stays healthy like that. Uh, They're going to have Riker Green back, a very athletic young man. So I know Fairbanks took some lumps this year. They were a young team. Patrick Cotter told us that during the preseason. Very young team, even though there were some veterans on their roster. But uh, I, I think maybe this year, taking some difficult games, losing a couple close ones, uh, I, I think they're going to be okay next year. Uh, they had uh, A.J. Lannon was their only first team selection in the uh, OHC. Uh, they had uh, Kobe Dellinger, who's coming back. Rafi Stoffer's coming back uh, as uh, linebacker, receiver, runners type of, of players. Uh, they're coming back. Uh, they were second team OHC. Christian Miller, who I just mentioned before, he's a senior. He was second team OHC. At, Ethan, at what? What was he second team at? Uh, offensive and defensive line. Oh, okay. And uh, Ethan Kais, who was a running back, defensive back, he's a senior, was named honorable mention. Who from Fairbanks got all oh, district? They had to uh, be first team. A.J. AJ Landon made it as a defensive back, and Christian Miller – uh, along the offensive line were, were first team. And then a special honorable mention were uh, Cody Dallinger, Brogan Green, and Rafi Stoffer. And the, the, the one problem was A.J., as a member of the defensive secondary, he led the team in tackles. Mm. Uh, D.B. should not be leading the team in tackles. Not, no. <laughs> That's not a good no, sign. No. no, it's not. So they're going to have to shore some things up with some younger guys younger guys this year, more veteran presence next year. Uh, yeah, you don't want to see a defensive back leading your team in, in tackles. And I think uh, 
one of the let's see Dellinger who was a DB he was third on the team in tackles so two of your wow. top three <laughs> that means eight or nine yards down the field yeah, they're getting yeah, tackles yeah, and that's yeah, uh, and, never good and but that 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 was that was where their youth showed a lot this year so hopefully with another year under their belts and getting smacked around a little bit they'll be able to do some smacking around of their own getting holt's main back and he's going to play basketball this year he didn't uh basketball i think is his main sport but he's a good football player too he didn't want to risk playing he sat out had to sit out all of his freshman year of basketball he didn't want to risk setting out a, a second year of basketball so he, and he wasn't cleared to play by his doctor with his knee until, like, late August. And that was just too much time that he had missed during the summer and the preseason. So uh, if he stays healthy in basketball, he'll be back playing football next year. And, th and that will help quite a bit. So um, the season is over. It was... Bang the gavel. And, and can <laughs> we, uh, we, we do have to talk about the weather. We, we, yeah. went, a, we, we yeah. went 11 weeks, actually 12, 12 weeks, 12. 12 weeks, nary a snowflake. No. Well, sort no. of a snowflake. I mean, not, but no, I didn't see any. No, 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 no rain. No rain. Chilly a few, a couple nights. I, uh, I told Tim I never got out my heavy coat uh, all I, year. I was more of a like windbreaker kind. I of. wouldn't call high thirties, low forties chilly. I was cool, but not chilly. Well, uh, to me, ba based on what we've had been through, yeah. I, I just I've talked to a lot of people, uh, some of my uh, sports writer friends, and it's just you know they said uh, they can't ever remember a season where you went twelve weeks <laughs> mm -hmm. without breaking <laughs> out winter coats and. Everybody's going to listen to this and go, Jesus, listen to these idiots. They're <laughs> sitting around the table babbling about how nice the weather was because they were – you don't know, like, when we're out there with cameras that can get soaked, notepads and pens that will stop working if, yeah. if your stuff gets wet oh, yeah. and or if you try to put up an umbrella while you're trying to take – like, mm -hmm. a lot of us are one-man gang where we're taking notes and shooting pictures mm -hmm. and updating Facebook. Mm -hmm. And when you're manipulating that many things and your hands are freezing cold or they're yeah. wet right. – like, it's a big deal to us, and I think that's why we've made it a bigger deal than it probably is to most people. But it's a big deal when you're trying to cover sports. Yeah, but football, those, and it's those nice. people are sitting in the stands they with are. their reins. Bundled, up, their bundled up with their... Or leaving early. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, so but next, yeah, it just... you're uh, bringing out an extra blankie for one of those. It, 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 uh, it was a good year. But you're right, Chad. They... <laughs> People don't but, understand. Yeah. Well, they're going to laugh at us and say, well, you guys are soft. Well, <laughs> no, we're not. But no. uh, <laughs> but it does make our job a lot easier when we can yeah. come in shirt sleeves and no winter coat. Yeah. I would think it probably helps the you know, athletic department budgets, too. You yeah. can get a, if it's nice out, you can get a few more grandparents in the mm -hmm. stands who aren't mm -hmm. worried about freezing to and, death halfway through the year. Because yeah. they won't even show up, but let alone... Right. Yeah, leaving early, they won't even come. Right. Yeah. Right. So uh, we'll end it with uh, player of the week for Marysville, since they're the only ones who played. I was scared he was going to sing a song. I thought he was going to sing us out there for a minute. <laughs> we did it our way. Yeah. See, that's uh, what I'm looking at. Uh, uh, Nasir, Nasir Smith is our final player of the week. Marysville running back. He had 90 yards to lead the team. Scored on a nice long touchdown run. So that ends the football that season. That is it. And so I guess for anybody who's not who's listening every week, next week we will switch back to talking about news topics, random different local Union County centered news topics um, on the podcast. We will intersperse sports update. We'll have, we'll have one a month for sports in November, December, January, February, and March. Okay. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we'll be back to uh, – most of these guys won't be in here next week. So, uh, yeah, you'll be hearing some different, different voices. But, yeah. getting, getting ready for the wrestling season. My favorite, my favorite time of year. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, that's it's all called basketball. Yes. Yeah. Uh,
Sing us out, Tim. All right. Well, there it is. There's the football season all wrapped up. Thank you guys for all the good information. Thanks to everyone out there for listening. And of course, thanks to our sponsor, Axiona Energia. As Chad mentioned at the end of the show there, we are going to now transition into regular news. So uh, we appreciate you listening through the football season. Please stick around for the news topics. We cover all kinds of stuff uh, as we bring the reporters back in here to have those conversations. And if you like what you hear, as always, please subscribe. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and lots of other places where podcasts are available. So be sure to tune into the show next week, and we'll see you on Thursday.